Thank you for listening today to our podcast here at Word of Life. We're delighted that you tuned in. And I pray that while you hear us talk, you hear the Holy Spirit speak. I know God's got a big plan for you. We're excited to be a part of that plan. Hopefully we will see you sometime soon, maybe even this weekend. Until then, we pray you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Church, how are we feeling? Blessed and highly favored. You got to understand that for me, coming from New York, where our city is still pretty much on lockdown, and we're not able to gather like you guys are gathering, and we haven't been in our church, our actual church, since March 2020. So for me to be around the saints, to be around people, not cameras, but people. That's a blessing. It's an absolute blessing. It's a blessing I never want to take for granted again. Anybody else feel like that? I never want to forsake the gathering of, of the brethren. I love that we get to do this. And I did preach the same message in the last two services, and I would love for you to go get the podcast and listen to that. I felt the Holy Spirit tell me to change my message for this service. And I'm trying to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit because the message I'm about to share with you, I shared, I shared with my church last Sunday. And typically when I go to preach anywhere, I write my sermons out from top to bottom, 16 pages, notes. And I was telling your pastor that I couldn't even get a thought together last week. And then at 4 a.m., the Holy Spirit woke me up and I just started to write. And I preached it to my church and it's a powerful moment. And what it was was the unfolding for me of what I know that the Holy Spirit's been speaking to me about. See, in, in, you know, in September of 2020, the Holy Spirit gave me a picture of the earth. And just imagine an illustrated version of the earth from outer space. And I saw houses of worship, churches, all around the earth. And I saw rain clouds over the churches. And the Holy Spirit said, I'm about to send my rain, my presence and my power in a great and mighty way. Re revival is coming to the earth. And he told me to tell the church to prepare and and I am honored to be the, the pastor of Saints Church. I'm also honored to get to travel and preach for other churches that are family, like, like this house. And the word that the Holy Spirit kept telling me was prepare, per, prepare. Don't, don't go by what it looks like, prepare. Don't go by what it looks like, prepare. Better days are coming. Goodness is coming. Revival is coming. And the other day as I was praying, I had this thought. God doesn't need me to do it. He's going to do what he does all by himself. But then my prayer became, Lord, don't do it without me. 
Don't do it. If you're going to come in a mighty way, greater than before. Like, I love reading about revivals. I don't know about you, but I love reading about revivals. Our, our Bible is full of revivals from a Lazarus or a blind Bartimaeus or a woman with the issue of blood or Jairus's daughter. I, I love reading about revivals, the resurrection that Jesus died. Three days later, he rose again. These are revival stories, and, and these stories are given to us to fuel our faith, to believe that if he did it before, he could do it again. And I, I love reading. I love reading about different revivals that have taken place in history. And I, I love reading about how there was a time where Madison Square Garden in New York City had to shut down because the presence of God fell and, and people were meeting by, by the thousands in New York City in Madison Square Garden. And I'm not going to lie, there's a side of me that says, God, that, that was good that it happened for a few days, but, but what if it happened for a few months? Or what if months turned into years? Like, like can we believe for more? And what happens when, when Madison Madison Square Garden becomes too small. Don't do it without me, God. Don't, don't do it without me. I want to be a part of it. I, I want to receive it. I, everything I take from what was is to fuel me for what's to come. Everything that what was is to fuel me for what's to come. Everything that what was is to fuel me for what's to come. This book that you read, it is, it is a book of history that leads you to destiny. It is a book of history that leads you to destiny. So when you read about what was, was, it prepares you for what's going to be. Last time I was here, the fall of 2019, it was a pivotal moment for me. My wife and I were transitioning to become the senior pastors of the church that my parents started, Christ Tabernacle, 36 years ago. And in January, the end of January of 2020, we transitioned. <laughs> what a time to become a senior pastor. Eight weeks later, the world shuts down. And I haven't seen my church in our church since. I'm not going to lie, I felt like I was being hazed just a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, like I know it wasn't about me, but I'm not going to lie. It felt like, for real, God, this is the year? Okay. <laughs> But when I was here, when I was here, I, I had made the decision just a few days prior that we were going to launch a capital campaign for our church. We're going to launch a capital campaign, and in the history of our church, in fairness, we have never completed a capital campaign. And the Holy Spirit said at that time to set it for a million dollars and that you'll gather it within a year. So imagine at the end of 2019 launching a capital campaign, going into 2020 in New York City with all the deficit and all the job loss that was about to take place. I hadn't even announced it to my church yet. I come here, and after I'm done preaching, your pastors come to me and they say, hey, we have a gift that we want to sow into your church. This gift was so great, I was completely overwhelmed. At that time, our church had never received a gift larger than $20,000. In 36 years, we received one check of $20,000, which I'm grateful for that $20,000. But how many of you know to do ministry in New York, you need way more than $20,000? And that $20,000 had been spent. That was years and years prior. 
But your pastor said, man, I felt earlier today. I felt earlier today that I was supposed to give you this check, this very generous, significant size check. And he knew before I came that he was already going to give it. He knew before I came that he was already going to give it without knowing that I was about to launch a capital campaign, without knowing that we were about to step into one of the worst economic crises in the history of our world before it was already waiting. It was already waiting. It was already waiting. And that's the idea to catch. It's already waiting. It's already there. It's already waiting. It's already there. It's already waiting. It's already there. Deuteronomy 31. Deuteronomy 31 verse 8 says this. The Lord is the one who goes ahead of you. The Lord is the one who goes ahead of you. Someone shout out ahead of you. The Lord is the one who goes ahead of you. He will be with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. Do not be scared. Do not be afraid. This moment is Moses' final moment as a leader. Understand the context. He just finished speaking to the Israelites. Thousands of men and women are there in front of him with their children. And he says to them, listen, we're crossing over. We're going to the promised land. We're standing here. We're about to cross over the Jordan. When we make it over to the Jordan, we're going to be in our promised land. That was land that was designated for us. I told you about it. I told you about it. And, and, and it is for us now. Also understand the heaviness of this moment. What was supposed to take 40 days for them to get into their promised land took four decades because they were complaining. Nevertheless, I digress. Just side note, stop complaining. But when they came out of Egypt, Egypt represents slavery. And in the illustration that Egypt would serve for us as believers is that it's secular living. It's life without Jesus. We're not born again. We're in bondage. We're, we're, we're slaves. But when we were free from being slaves, this is where Israel is at. Because anytime you read the term Israelite in the Bible, it is synonymous with Christian. So when you read Israelite, understand that that is you in the story. I, we all want to be Moses, but we're the Israelites. We're the grumbling, complaining Israelites. Moses serves as a foreshadow of Jesus. Except it's an Old Testament, so there's only so much he could do. And in this moment, he says to the Israelites, he says, listen, you got to cross over. There is land waiting for you. God is with you. In fact, he's with you and he's gone ahead of you. He's with you and he's gone ahead of you. He's with you and he's gone ahead of you. He's with you and he's gone ahead of you. How could he do it? Because he's God. Does he operate in time and space? No. So he could be here and he could be there. He could be present and he could be future. He's there and he's waiting for you. And then, and then he turns. After telling the Israelites, but guess what? I'm not going with you. I stop here. I can't make it across the Jordan. Then he turns to the new leader, Joshua. He says, Joshua, don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. 
God is with you. In fact, he's gone ahead of you. The same way, the same way he's gone ahead of you for all the nation, he's gone ahead of you, and he is calling you into this position. If you ever played on any sports team, you ever played on any sports team, you ever notice how the coach speaks to the captain? The coach speaks to the captain. You ever, you ever notice that I've, I've been on several basketball teams? I've never had the privilege of being a captain. There's no shade there. However, I've witnessed a lot of coaches speaking to a lot of captains. And you ever notice that when the coach speaks to the captain, the coach could care less who's around. The coach is having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with the captain. Even though we all could hear the conversation, it doesn't matter. And the coach will tell the captain what the captain needs to do in order to get the team where they need to get to, how they need to score the goal, what the next play is, what they need to do. This is what's happening in this moment. Moses is speaking to Joshua. The coach is speaking to the captain, and he's saying, listen, God has gone ahead of you. You can't be scared because if you lead scared, then your fear is going to trickle down to this nation and this nation that has, that has been completely set free is going to operate in fear. But be encouraged because not only is God with you, he's gone ahead of you and he's already prepared it and he's calling you forward. He's gone ahead of you. When I preached this to my church, I titled the thought, God Goes First. If you want to write that down, you go on ahead and write that down. God goes first. He, he goes first. He goes with you, but he goes ahead of you. He goes A couple years ago, a couple years ago, my wife and I decided to go on vacation, and we were going back to a place that we already had been. It's a place that we loved. We had a great time there. We wanted to go back. This time, we invited some friends who had never been. So when we invited them, they said yes, but as the days got closer to flying out, we started to get text messages and phone calls from one of our friends who was a bit nervous. She was, she was concerned about, about where we were going. And if, you, if you've ever left the country or even traveled at all, traveling could be scary at first. So leaving the country, if you've never experienced it, right, you, you ask the questions, what is it going to be like? And what's, what, what's the environment going to be? Is it worth it? Is it safe? Should I go? We were encouraging our friend, hey, we've been there already. It's incredible. When you get there, you're going to love it. When you get there, you're going to have the best time. The day of, she was, she was texting us saying, I don't think I'm going to make it. I don't, I don't think I'm going to get on the plane. And we were saying, hey, we're already here. It's amazing. We have already landed. We're at the hotel. I'm telling you, it's beautiful. Just, just get here. When she got there, she was so happy she got on that plane. She was so happy that she did not go back. When she got there, she realized that there was nothing to be afraid of. In fact, it was the opposite. It was everything 
that she needed. The Holy Spirit told me to tell you that what's in front of you is nothing to be scared of. What's in front of you is good. What's in front of you is worth it. What's in front of you is everything that God has for you. Why? Because God, our God, is already there. And he's calling you into your future. And he's saying, son, daughter, come meet me here. Because what I have for you, it's designated just for you. It's promised just for you. Oh, it's a, it's a land of joy and happiness. And I'm telling you, if you stay where you're at, you're going to miss it, but I'm telling you, if you just move forward, if you, if you just cross on over, you are going to be, you're going to be blown away. There's no need to be afraid. It's, it's good. It's, it's good. It's, it's good. It's, it's everything you need. It would be good of you to, to study the word good in theology because you would learn very quickly that, that when we say God is good, that's just as good, if not better than saying God is great. Because to say God is good, it means that God is everything that he says that he is. So you could say he's a good God. You could say he's a good, good God. You could say he's a good, good, good good, good, good father. You can say all that, but, but adding all those goods don't make him any more good than what he is. And what he's saying is, your future is good because I'm already there. Not only am I there, I created it, man. Not only am I there, I prepared it. I'm not just getting there and scouting out the land. I created the land. I pieced it all together. And I'm telling you, church, it is time to step out. It is time to break out. It is time to move forward and step into the destiny that awaits us. Hebrews 4.13 says, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. In other words, your future is not hidden from God's sight. Everything that you are going to deal with that will serve as a surprise to you will not be a shock to God. He is fully aware of what is in front of you. It says that your future lays naked before God. So there won't be any turns. There won't be any shocks. There won't be anything that will come out of nowhere that will surprise God. God is saying, my grace is sufficient. I are prepared you for it. It is time to cross over. It is time to step out. I am telling you, this is more. This is more than a sermon. This is the Holy Spirit speaking to you about your future because so many of you are scared of tomorrow. You're scared of the next season. You're scared about what you're supposed to do with the business, what you're supposed to do with the ministry, what you're supposed to do with the family. And he's saying, son, daughter, it is time to step out and move forward. It may not look like what you thought it was going to look like, but it's okay. I'm there and I'm good. And if I'm there and I'm good, then you're good because you're going to have everything you need. Fast forward. The Israelites make it in. Joshua is there with the Israelites. And guess what he does in some of his final moments? He literally repeats what Moses said to him. Think of it. Think of the contrast. 
The people know Moses. They love Moses. Moses says, hey, it's time for me to stay here. You guys are going forward. They cross over. Joshua's leading them. He earns their respect. They honor him. They love him as their leader. They, they miss Moses, but they're good with Joshua. They, they see that Joshua was good for them. And then Joshua says, hey, my time is up. Move forward. And what the Holy Spirit spoke to me about that is that there are so many people that connect their future with a figure other than God. Because you know there was somebody there that was complaining when Moses was making that speech. You know there's always somebody. No, Moses! No, we don't want him. We want you. Oh, Joshua, I used to change his diapers. No, I don't like Joshua. He's too young. He's too loud. He wears skinny jeans and beanies when he preaches. Sorry, I'm getting too personal now. The people that you thought would go with you won't go with you. And just because they're not with you doesn't mean your future isn't calling. I need you to catch this. Because so many of you, I feel this in my spirit, you refuse to move forward because of who no longer is with you. You thought you were going forward with Moses. You thought you were going forward with Joshua. You thought you were going forward as a collective group. And now that you're not with them, not that he or she is not in your world, in your life, in the ministry, they moved away. Something happened. You're scared to move forward. And God is saying, listen, you never needed Moses and you never needed Joshua because you always had me and I am still with you and I will never leave you nor forsake you. I love your appreciation for Moses. I love your appreciation for Joshua, but don't get it twisted. I am God and as long as you have God, you're good. You have everything you need in order to cross over. You have everything you need in order to make it. I am with you. I know he's not around anymore and I know she's not around anymore and I'm sorry, but guess what? What? They were not the key to your destiny. I was, and I am calling you forward. I have gone ahead of you, and I am beckoning you towards me. It is time that you step out into everything that I have for you. I say this with complete honor and reverence. Because we've had close to two dozen people, over, excuse me, over two dozen people pass away due to COVID. That's almost 30 families in our church. That's a lot of people. That's not just 30 people. It's hundreds of people connected to the people that were lost. Just did my last funeral a few weeks ago. My most recent one was three weeks ago. And I'm watching families think. I hugged a husband the other day. That literally said to me, he didn't think he would be here without her. He didn't think he'd be here without his wife. And he just kept saying, I don't know how to go forward. 
I'm not making light of any of it. But I know that if that man is still breathing, there is future for him. There is purpose for him. If you're mourning, I mourn with you. Mourn with those that mourn. But let me tell you, your God is with you and he goes with you. And he says, I, I have everything you need. I provide everything you need. I, I promise you, you will not go without. In fact, you will not go without because I've already planted the provision for you. The provision you're praying for, it's already waiting for you. The provision that you're waiting for, it's already waiting for you. The provision that you're saying, God, how can you do this? It's already created. You just haven't come in contact with it yet. See, it was this moment that I was praying, God, are you sure that I'm supposed to share this with this church? Because it felt very personable, and I never want to be those preachers that run around and just say things to say things and get people excited. I want to make sure that I am preaching a rhema word, a word that is in season and for the people, not just something to get them excited, but something that is specific for them. And the Holy Spirit released me to preach this to you. So let me work my way there. What Joshua starts to say to the people is he starts to remind them of everything that God already did. Even though he's in his final moments, he says to the people, remember the land, remember the land where, the, where are our enemies occupied? Remember that land? Well, what did God do for us? Before we ever got there, he sent hornets ahead of us. And because he sent the hornets ahead of us, the hornets got rid of our enemies, which is amazing because, because when, when the Israelites first saw, when the Israelites first saw the men that occupied, occupied the promised land that they were supposed to enter in, they said, they said, but we're like grasshoppers in their eyes. They're too big. We're, we're, we're only like insects in their eyes and, and that was wrong they were mightier than that but God he's so smooth with it he says I'm gonna use insects to show you that even if you were insects I could use an insect to take care of your enemy the Bible says that God goes before me and he fights for me Deuteronomy he goes ahead of me and he fights for me so in the case of the Israelites he sends insects he sends hornets to go in and as a result the enemy runs out scared so when they walk into the land that is promised to them, they don't have to deal with the enemy that was there because God handled it in advance. There's this other story. Second Kings, four lepers. There's a famine going on in the land. And because they're lepers, they're already mistreated. They're marginalized. And when, when life was good, it was hard for them to eat. So what would eating be like when a famine is happening? Four lepers look at each other and they go, man, if we stay here, we die. No one's going to feed us. We're going to die. Then they say, if we go to the city, we'll die. Which is also important to note because anytime you read that term city in your Bible, it represents secular living and it represents secular thinking. So if I go to the city and if I settle for secular living, I will die. But of course, anytime you settle for secular over Christ, you will die. So they say, if we stay here, we can't stay here. God's calling us forward. If we stay here, we'll die. If we go to the city, we'll die. If we go on over to our enemy and we surrender ourselves, they may kill us. And if they kill us, we die. That's a real quote, by the way. I love that. If they kill us, we die. Of course, if they kill you, you die. 
but there's a chance that we live. That's a weird, that's a weird word from God. Surrender to them? But they didn't know that God was already working it all out, but because they were faithful to listen to what did not seem to make sense, look what happens. The Bible says that God, God sent a sound. In one instance, he sends an insect. In another one, he sends a sound. And the enemy that was in the camp full of food and money and gold and, and beds, they, they heard a sound and they thought it was their enemies coming to kill them. And they thought their enemies were so close that they had to leave everything there. And then they ran off. So now imagine when the four lepers show up to this empty campground with food and gold. It's a scene out of a comedy. And what was possible, possible thing to be completely overwhelmed of and completely scared, when they got there, everything was provided for. Why? Because he's the God that goes first. And he could use an insect or he could use a sound. How are you going to do it? How I do it, I'm God. That's what he's saying. How will you do it? I'll do it because I'm God. But don't worry, I'm going to get to you everything that I have for you. I know, but God, but, but it doesn't really work out. Am I going to get the loan? And, and what's going to happen with the finances? And, and what am I supposed to do? And, and, and how's it going to happen for me? I mean, friends, I, I understand that rationale. I'm in New York City. God has given me a vision for, for churches all over New York City. In Manhattan and Queens and Brooklyn and Long Island and the Bronx and even Staten Island, which we don't really like to associate with much. <laughs> All right, God. We're going back Memorial Day weekend to open up the church again. Before COVID, we had four services, thinking about adding a fifth. The Holy Spirit told me when you go back, just go with three. And I'm like, but God, three, we, we need more services. We got to fit the people. You know, people come in, it helps the church sustain. So now you got to go with three. I'm about to move in a mighty way. All right, God. All right. All right, how are we going to do it? We receive prophecy after prophecy. You're going to receive keys and leases. You're going to receive keys and leases. But I'm like, God, with all due respect, I don't want a key and a lease if, not, if I don't have the finances for the upkeep for whatever the lease is. Right? How many of you know someone can give you a property worth $20 million if you don't have the finances to keep up with the $20 million? That's not a gift. That's a curse. All right, let me break it down. If someone gave you a Lamborghini and said all you had to do is pay that insurance, that's a high insurance because it's a Lamborghini, especially in New York City. How many of you know if I can't afford the insurance, I don't want the car? All right, Lord. You're going to do this for us? Okay. Okay, I don't know how you're going to do it. How are you going to do it, God? I mean, how, how does it work? He's like, son, you don't get it. I, I use insects and I use sounds. I, I am God all by myself. And I'm, I'm going to have it all. I'm going to have it all worked out. And it's going to be unorthodox. And that was it. That was it. He said, your inheritance is going to get to you, but it's going to be unorthodox. You're going to receive your inheritance. I'm telling you, Word of Life Church, the Holy Spirit released me to say this to you. He said that your inheritance is going to be received, but it's going to be unorthodox. You're not going to get it the way you 
thought you were going to get it. Just like that campus you just inherited. You're not going to get it the way you thought you were going to get it. But it's coming to you. It's going to be given to you. And it's not going to make sense. But that's how I work. Because if it makes sense, man gets the credit. But when it doesn't make sense, I get the credit. And what the Holy Spirit is saying, I've already gone ahead of you. And I've already prepared it all for you. And it's, it's, it's waiting for you. waiting for you. I used to work in catering with my uncle. My grandparents started a deli called Dursos. It still exists to, that, to this day. We make fresh pasta and ravioli. And as a teenager, I would, I would work there, especially when I didn't want to serve God. When I wanted to serve God, my dad allowed me to work on maintenance at the church. When I didn't, I would work for my uncles because they would let me get away with stuff. But he had a, he had a catering business. Fridays and Saturdays, Saturdays and Flushing, we would do parties and events there. And people would always order food. It comes with a gig. So it's three choices, right? Fish, chicken, beef. People would be so excited to order. I'd watch people order, get excited. Hey, can you prepare it quick? Can you get it to me sooner? The funny part is, none of the food was cooked at the venue. It was cooked back at the deli hours before. So it was already prepared before they ordered it. It was already prepared before they order it. They just did not come encounter with it yet. The Holy Spirit told me that what you're waiting for is already waiting in front of you. You just have not come in contact with it yet. It's not something that you need to manifest. It's something that's already been created. You just have not met with it yet. So here's the word. Are you ready? He told me that you're about to have a collision with provision. You're about to have a collision with provision. You're about to have a collision with provision. And it's not going to happen in a way that's, un that's orthodox. But there is more for this church, and there is more for you and your family. And I'm telling you, I've worked it all out. That's what the Holy Spirit is saying. And he wanted me to say this to you. You will receive land that you didn't work for. You will be given resources that you don't have access to. You will receive favor with people that should not know you. You will have ownership in cities that you didn't build. Checks will be written to you that you didn't even ask for. I'm going to repeat that. You will receive land that you didn't work for. You will be given resources that you don't have access to. You will receive favor with people that shouldn't know you. You will have ownership in cities that you didn't build. Checks will be written to you that you didn't even ask for. If you want to receive this, I want you to stand. You will receive land that you didn't work for. You will be given resources that you didn't have access to. You will receive favor with people that shouldn't know you. You will receive favor with people that shouldn't know you. You will have ownership in cities in Mississippi that you did not build. Checks are being written for you that you haven't even asked for. And it's going to blow your mind. Pastor, is it okay if I invite the, the prayers, the prayer warriors, the team that prays, whatever we call them? Can you line up here? We're going to end the time in worship and prayer. And if you want prayer, you're going to come forward. But here's the good news. God goes in front of you, and he goes behind you. He says, I go ahead of you, but I also serve as your rear guard. I go in front of you, and I go behind you. So what's trying to sneak up from behind to take you out, I'm going to take care of that too. And what's in front of you, I'm taking care of that. In other words, you're covered. 
Isaiah 45, 2 says this, I will go before you and will level the mountains. Level the mountains. I will level the mountains. You know how the Bible says there are some mountains that you speak to and they could throw themselves into the ocean? Speak to that mountain and it will throw itself into the ocean? Well, you know that not every mountain gets thrown into the ocean. Some mountains get flattened. And if you're paying attention what's happening back here, you're going to miss what I'm doing here. If you stay stuck where you are, you're going to miss out on the sight of the mountains being flattened like pancakes. And I'm telling you, it's in front of you, church. So look here. You don't have to worry about here because I got your back. I, I got your rear guard. I, I got your back. I, I got your rear guard. I, I got your back. I got your front and I got your back. I got your back and I got you front. But I need you to stay focused on the front because it's such a sight to see when what should have stopped you is going to be is going to be handled and you're not even going to have to touch the mountain but you're going to see the mountain and it's going to be flattened and your mind is going to be blown but if you have your head in the stand in the sand or if you stay stuck in your bedroom if you stay stuck in your bed if you refuse to step out of your house if you refuse if you refuse to engage with people you are going to miss out on what I'm about to do in front of you I'm about to level the mountains I'm about to flatten it the holy Spirit is saying, don't miss out because of what was. Don't miss out because what it seems like. Oh, but I'm about to do it for you. The young lady before was singing about the sparrow. About how even the sparrow was taken care of. Matthew 10, 29, are not two sparrows sold for a penny, yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside of your father's care. He's saying, I'm aware of it all. I'm aware of it all. I'm aware of it all. And yet you've been stuck because of fear and missing out on what God has for you. Can I read one more thing to help build your faith? A couple weeks ago, I was having a rough week. Me and my wife were having a rough week, not with each other. We were good. <laughs> you got to watch how you say that. <laughs> but it was tough. New York, building the church. Craziness. And on the, what was the toughest day, we received two letters. One was a check from a friend, pastor friends. I wanted to sow into the church. And it was generous. Then there was a check from someone that I never even met. She said that she saw me speak at a church in another city and that I so encouraged her that she wanted to sow into what we were doing. And she wrote me this letter. She said, we, we both want to tell you thank you. We know that in these times it may seem like you see in the dark room and that you're speaking in the dark, but let me remind you that God has a supernatural way of training his chosen in these awkward, uncomfortable places. My prayer over you and your family, as well as your ministry, is that you continue to evolve until God is preparing for you in this new season for the harvest that is to come. We bless you and thank you for the obedience and ask God would, would open impossible doors and completely fund the work that he called you and Jairus to do. Jairus is my wife. 
Remember in Ezra chapter 6, verses 8 through 9, no matter how much opposition had come to stop the rebuilding process, it was overturned. And we are reminded that their expenses were fully paid so that the work would not stop. This is the same God we serve. Hallelujah. Get excited. I love that she told me, get excited. I, I was like, man, when you said that, I felt that. And then she went on to say, thank you for all that you do for the kingdom. May this seed be our opportunity to sow into revival, supernatural, signs and wonders, and change agent ministry. Before that day came, that letter was already written. A check was attached to it. It was a lot for this woman for us. And when I tell you, it blessed us. Before that day that I woke up to, before the day I knew it was going to be that tough and rough, there was already provision that was already sent ahead from someone I did not even know. And the Holy Spirit wanted me to tell you that there are people you are going to meet that you don't even know yet. But if you get so caught up with attaching with who was and what was, you're going to miss out what's here. He's about to level the mountains. Don't get caught up with the hills that were behind you and the valleys that were behind you because what's in front of you is greater, is greater and it is better. And you're about to go from glory to glory and you're going to have a collision with provision from people that you've never even even met, but if you miss out on it, then you're not going to realize that you're going to stay stuck where you are. And God, the God that goes first, is calling you. I want to pray for us, and I want us to worship something good, whatever you feel. But as the team starts to worship, if you want prayer, the team is up here. Would you walk down? Just walk down right now. You don't got to worry about anyone. If you would say, man, I want, I want prayer. I've been scared. I've been thinking about my future. I'm trying to figure out my business. Come on, step down, step down. Worship team, step up and lead us in a song. And in, and in a second or so, we'll, we'll pray. We'll close this out. Pastor Joel will come up and he'll pray out this moment. But can we just fill this room with faith? Can we fill this room with, with worship? Come on, church. Can you lift up your hands all over the room? And can you open up your mouths? And can you just start to declare the goodness of God? Start to declare the greatness of God. Start to praise the name of Jesus. Start to give glory and honor to our King, our Lord. Come on.